it is me, it is me, it's the ROB mobbing once again with the coolest dude in the room right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome to Perched on the Top Rope, everybody. As you heard from our host, former WWE writer Rob Hockman, you are invited in for another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. It is I, the Eldorable One. Rob, we got a lot of news this week. Huge, huge. I think in the in in all the time that I've been here with Perched on the Top Rope, this probably is the most newsworthy, news-breaking. Guaranteed to blow your socks off. Uh, and, and you know, conspicuous by his absence, Mr. Dirt Sheet Hater himself. Lee is not with us, but guess what? I've got the scoop that even Uncle Dave doesn't have just yet. All righty. Well, let's dive right in then. Uh, we're going to go with the biggest news first. Why not? We'll go with what everyone wants to hear and dive then- in. We'll dive right in, and then we'll talk everything else. There was a lot to talk about this week, so we'll go on after that. The two biggest things, and I'm not going to just say one because I feel like they're kind of coincided with each other. The two biggest pieces of news this week are that former WWE superstar Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, and returning after almost seven years away from the ring, almost eight years, actually, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan most likely on their way to AEW. Rob. Wait, I heard it was Hornswoggle and Tommy Dreamer. Shit, what's on the podcast right now? <laughs> well, well, yes, you're right. You're right. It's so true. Uh, Daniel Bryan signed, sealed, delivered, consider it done. Uh, New York City, if you've gotten your tickets for Arthur Ashe Stadium, you're in for a treat. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet for Arthur Ashe Stadium, you might want to run to the box office or Ticketmaster tonight after listening to this podcast, because I'm going to tell you right now, September 22nd, Arthur Ashe Stadium, New York City, mark it down, mark the tape, episode, you tell them, Alex, episode, what, 14, 15? I mean, we just, the numbers keep growing as we go. 14 now. Damn right. Mark the tape, Daniel Bryan. Arthur Ashe Stadium, but what's even bigger, because the Daniel thing kind of got out, but where Uncle Dave and everybody seems to go awry is did he, did he not, did he, did he not? Here's the little secret, and I told you this before we started taping. My name is Rob Hockman. I'm from North Bergen, New Jersey, originally, born and raised. So I've got a background of 20-something years with the New York, working for the New York Giants and everything out of North Bergen, New Jersey. Google map it if you need to. There is a certain person, a certain friend of mine, a little birdie, if you will, from Union City, New Jersey, which is right next door to North Bergen. The way North Bergen and Union City work is, is if you cross the one street on 83rd Street in North Bergen, you hit Union City and vice versa. And that's always the joke we had between each other. Told me it is signed, it is sealed, it is delivered. The ink has now dried. I would hope ink has dried. We're taping this here Sunday uh, afternoon. The ink dried yesterday morning. It is done, it is signed, it is sealed. 
and a certain member from Chicago will be in AEW. And if you do your research, you'll figure out who that certain person from Union City, New Jersey is, and you'll understand that that person kind of has an idea that, 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 that this certain Chicagoite is coming to AEW. Yes, CM Punk is signed, sealed, delivered. It's, it's crazy. You know, I feel like there were so many people that never thought we were going to ever see the day where he stepped back in the squared circle again. Uh, I self-included. Right. Self-included. I said it right here on this show. I told everybody, get over it. He's not coming back. But I'll also preface it by this. There's two things in this wrestling business that uh, we always say. Never say never. And if you put $3.5 million in front of my face, even I would go back to Vince McMahon and leave my Palacio estate right here in Orlando, Florida. Absolutely. And uh, I had said this to you before off the air, too. Uh, in my opinion, I said this to people over and over again. If Brett the Hitman Hart can return to the wrestling business after the Montreal screw job, after, um, you know, his career ending the way it did in WCW and just the sour taste he had in his mouth from wrestling, if he can return to WWE years later in 2010, I believe it was then I, I, it's, I think it's possible for anybody to return the wrestling business. Uh, we saw Ultimate Warrior return. He had a sour taste. We even saw, to an extent, uh, it was in TNA, but Macho Man returning to the wrestling business. A lot of these guys that soured on the wrestling business said, no, no way. I'm never going back. Every single one of them. It happens every time, and it's not. I'm not calling anybody a hypocrite. It's just I think once you submerse yourself into this business, it, whether it be – like you or the, the boys in the back, the wrestlers, um, you know, who are actually on that side or even us as fans, once you're submersed in, you never really leave. Even from a fan's perspective, we can say we hate the product all we want. We're never going to stop watching. It's and, and you're so true. Uh, you're so right. I've said it numerous times. I said it, uh, you know, a couple of times when I was working in the business that I that I was done. I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back. And then all of a sudden a phone call comes and well, it'll just be this or, well, it'll just be that. And one thing leads to another and the snowball starts rolling. If you can imagine a small little snowball rolling down a hill of snow, it, it picks up, it picks up speed and it becomes a big snowball sooner or later. Right. So, you know, then the, the, the premise of never saying never is so true. And going back to what you were just saying about Macho Man, had, had Macho Man not passed away, God rest his soul, I guarantee you when they decided to induct him in the WWE Hall of Fame, he would have accepted, he would have come back and everyone would have kissed and, and come to Jesus on everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But uh, moving on from that. So I know from what I've read that the majority of the reason that Daniel Bryan actually left WWE and decided to uh, go to AEW was because he himself wanted more of a part-time schedule. And that doesn't surprise me because he's he's kind of even alluded to that on the, like the talking smack shows that he's done over the past couple of years that, you know, he doesn't have much longer left in his career and he kind of wants to wind down and be able to do what he loves, but also see his family. But from on the flip side, from what I have read regarding the CM Punk situation, I, I from what I read, I noticed that it said that even if he may not wrestle full time, that he is set to appear on AEW as a full time superstar. Yeah. And, and that well, doesn't, 
that doesn't surprise me too, because if you remember, even the years leading up to when he left WWE, the biggest complaint that he had aside from the creative with his character was part-timers coming in and going over people. So I had always guessed this, that if he had came back, I personally don't think he's going to, he's going to be a part-timer. Yes, he might wrestle part-time. He's going to be on the show every week if he can. Absolutely. And, and, and that, take a look at Chris Jericho, case in point. Chris doesn't wrestle every week, but Chris is involved every single week. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I think if you can uh, include Daniel and you can include Punk, you can include uh, Andrade, you can include a bunch of these other guys that, that are coming. Um, you know, they, they, you're going to see there's only so much wrestling time. There's only so much TV time that we have. You can, you can uh, put together a promo piece in four or five minutes. But a wrestling match, nine out of ten times, is taking ten minutes, unless okay. we're doing a, a quick squash match. Ten minutes is a lot of time at a TV time when we don't have a lot of TV time. We don't have a lot of real estate to play with, and that's, you know, kind of where uh, I think you'll see CM Punk on on pay per views. I think it will increase pay per view buys, but I think it will also increase viewership because if he's on every week, he's a great promo. So um, just watching CM Punk talk will get fans interested. I think back in the day, just hearing Stone Cold Steve Austin or Degeneration X cut a promo got you interested in the product. They didn't necessarily have to fight every week. And Stone Cold Steve Austin did not wrestle every single week. Um, but he was involved in something crazy, silly, outlandish, a promo, or, or setting up his next big match. Right. And, and that's what got the fans interested. And I think with a lot of these bigger names coming in, this is where you're going to see that new AEW Rampage show start to actually take effect. Uh, I know their original plan is for it to be like an hour-long show. I have a feeling with these big signees coming in, it's very quickly going to turn into another two-hour show. They're going to have so much talent. And like, I get all these people that argue about WWE wrestlers coming in, but like these guys need a job too. And if they're good, you hire them. Um, but with that, the amount of people coming in, whether it be from WWE or from Impact or MLW, they're going to need more time. And I can see Rampage, if it goes well in the first couple of shows, it's going to go to a two-hour show. And here's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, we, we watch Monday Night Raw, which is a three-hour show, and everybody complains. Oh, God, it's three hours. Oh, God. If you're back in the day when, when, when you had Stone Cold and you had DX and you had The Rock and you had all the... You didn't care that the, the show was two hours or three hours. There was a time when, when it was three hours and you had DX and Stone Cold and The Rock. Nobody cared because you turned it on at 8 o'clock and it was over by, at 11 in, in, in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And I think when you have these guys that can make the show flow, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Andrade, in addition to Britt Baker uh, and, and, and Jungle Boy and people like that, you're going to see that the show is going to flow. The show is going to have that ebb and flow that that uh, it takes to to make you sit down and then go, oh, damn. No, no, don't go off the air. Don't go off the air. I need I need more. Don't go off the air. You're going to get to that point. And and uh, it's the same thing that I said to Lee a couple of weeks ago when we talked about ratings. And again, I don't want to go to uh, down a rabbit hole. And my new thing is don't chastise me, Jeff Jarrett. Um but I do want to say the one thing I mentioned about the ratings was once we get back to live crowds, the ratings are going to go up 
and we're going to see, and obviously we're going to talk about that later, but you're going to see an increase in the ratings. Um, and, and I think that has a lot to do with the live crowds. It's going to have a lot to do with the live pops. And when we get the CM Punks and the Daniel Bryans and guys like that, you're going to get the live pops. You're going to get the live interest and it's going to go through the roof. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, AEW is going through an exciting time right now. I know we had talked before about how we thought they were going through a little bit of a lull during the pandemic, which I think any wrestling company was. But now seeing what's going on as they're coming out of the other side, it's very clear to me that they were holding off, which was a smart idea, until the fans were back. Uh, but speaking of AEW news, I know this is big, um, you know, the whole Punk and Ryan situation, but also those haven't been released publicly yet. So that's really all we can talk about regarding the two of them. We're going to move on, though. I've got some more exciting news about AEW. First, the new international executive consultant of Andrade, El Idolo, making his debut in AEW this week, Chavo Guerrero Jr. What are your thoughts? Welcome back, Chavo. I love Chavo. He's always got a great mind for the business. He, he is someone who can help a lot of the boys and girls in the back um, with, with their, their technical work. Um, he's a very technical uh, mind, and so he's great for the business, but he's also a great mouthpiece. Again, another person who can just carry uh, a promo. And, and I also believe, and this goes back to things that we've talked about in the past with people like Sonny Ono, Andrade is, the, is a character and a person on, on, on real life that cannot speak English very well. Right. Chavo can speak English very well, obviously. So having Chavo as his mouthpiece is similar to having Sonny Ono as Ultimo Dragon's mouthpiece totally or agree. Great Muda's mouthpiece, something like that. So that's a phenomenal job by AEW. So book it for all out. Andrade El Idolo with Chavo Guerrero in his corner versus Ultimo Dragon with Sonny Ono. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, that if, if, if All Out, All Out is, it, when is All Out? Because Ultimo Dragon actually is not coming back to Mexico until yeah. October because he's actually going to be working a few dates for me. So I think it's um, like the first week of September. Then, then it's not going to happen then. But Tony, if you want to do it for, for the next pay-per-view, call me absolutely and you know we had talked with sony uh sonny ono before and he had even said that at one point there were plans to bring ultimo dragon into AEW. so once again you never say never um moving on though we have one more debut on AEW this week i don't know if this one's going to be your favorite after last night's uh little pay-per-view that we had but we also saw the debut of the most violent man in professional wrestling Facing Chris Jericho next week in the second match of the five labors of Jericho, we saw the debut of Nick Gage on AEW this past week. Rob, you can tie it in with last night's show with Gage versus Cardona if you would like. You just give me your thoughts on everything regarding Nick Gage in the past week. Well, Nick Gage, for, for our listeners who don't know, dates back uh, to the Dark Side of the Ring uh, TV show that airs on Vice TV. They did an episode on Nick Gage uh, this this season, this uh, past season that they just had, um, and he's he's well known for his death matches, if you will, um, and his bank robberies where he robbed the bank with no mask. Um, but other than that, no offense to Nick Gage. Uh, I think he's a cool dude from New Jersey. Awesome. I'm glad you're making money where you are, but 
I, uh, anybody who watched that GCW thing last night, I, I, a travesty is not even the right word. That was just, that, that wasn't wrestling. That wasn't entertainment. I didn't know what the hell I was watching. And believe me, I watched a lot of messed up episodes of ECW way back in the day on MSG Network. That was beyond that, though. Yeah. That was almost, um, even for like the most violent of wrestling fans, that was almost too much. I tuned in to, I tuned in to, to really just watch the Nick Gage, Matt Cardona match. Yep. And maybe it, I didn't see it the way he, he, maybe he's, he's heard a lot more than, than he shows or whatever the case may be, but I don't think the pizza cutter hurt Matt Cardona the same way the pizza cutter hurt uh, David Arquette. I don't feel that the halogen light bulbs were jammed into Matt Cardona the same way they were jammed into David Arquette. And it goes back to what I used to tell my friends that did mixed martial arts fighting that, that were, they were also my wrestlers that were, were working for me when we were doing shows in South Carolina. And I said, if you're going to stand in and do these MMA knockoff fights, go over to the guys next door who know what they're doing, knock on the door and say, Hey, you're going to win. I'm going to lose. We understand that. How are we going to make this nice? And I think that's what Cardona did last night. Mm-hmm. The whole 85 million halogen light bulbs that they went through. That's not going to happen on AEW. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho is not going to go through that garbage. Nope. Um, and, and Nick Gage, while I know he can, he can probably wrestle. Uh, he's famous for doing these, these crazy outlandish matches. The man can wrestle. They're not going to do the, the crap that we saw no. at GCW. And, I think more than anything, they're going to, they're going to tease it multiple times throughout the match you might get one semi-hardcore spot or maybe like one or two halogen light bulb i don't even think they're gonna do that i was gonna say i think really the only guys that ever they ever actually trust to do that on television or pay-per-view are are mox and archer i yeah i mean or maybe omega if he if he goes to grab the pizza cutter and use it on jericho mark my words there's a schmoz uh, you know, his, his gang is going to come down and beat up, uh, Nick Gage and, right. and squash that. Um, you also got to realize TNT is not going to allow that. on the No, they definitely don't. And if, and if, and, and if they're smart, you know, it was things like this, when we started to push the envelope in WCW and WWE, that standards and practices got involved on mm. TNT. Don't be stupid. You're oh, this close. You're say. this close. You just spent a lot of money on two big guys and a third one to come. Don't be stupid. Right. And right. and this is this is this is just a one-off. And you know what? If you want to take advantage of of his popularity off of the the Dark Side of the Ring uh, movie or or documentary that that had come out, and you want to take advantage of of this GCW thing that he just did with Matt Cardona, all all you know, uh, hats off to you. You know, uh, I, I took advantage of the, the, the fat kid who did the, it's still real to me way back in the day in the indie show. And we had him ring announce our main event, uh, for, for one of my first shows that I did for Vince. That's fine. 
I, I'm all in favor of taking advantage of people's social media and popularity and things like that. But, you know, he's a one-off. He's a one-off. Yeah. There's a lot of people saying that he might not be only because of him dropping the title last night. But I think more than anything else that I don't, I don't see it being too long before Gage actually wins the title back. And I think that they did that more as a way to help Cardona helped the company when it came to viewers by showing up on the pay-per-view. So I think them having him win the title was them helping him also have this darker side of his character, or at least be taken a little more seriously and shown that, Hey, this guy isn't always a funny, hilarious comedy, goody two shoes, good guy all the time. And that he hasn't been streak and he can beat the hell out of somebody. And that will also help Matt Cardona throughout the rest of his career as well. He also got nuclear heat last night. And yeah, it's very I did not rare. know he was capable of that. Well, that GCW crowd. They're very anti-WWE. Well, not only are they anti-WWE, but they're very, they're very uh, homerific and in love with their, their guys. And Nick Gage is their guy. Right. And very, very similar to ECW. Yes, exactly similar to ECW. And when WWE back in the day even we're doing the work of the invasion and they were coming to us. We were going to them. The ECW people in Philadelphia were pissed. They, they, that was, that was real to them, you know? Um, And, and they wanted ECW to, to, to stick a knife in somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, they wanted to kill Jerry Lawler. They really did. Um, So, so that's what that, he got nuclear heat last night. And by him winning that title over Nick Gage last night, as ridiculous and as crazy as that match is, uh, or was rather, that, that got him nuclear heat. And that put GCW up there where now he is like the Antichrist. I mean, if you listen to those announcers last night, calling the announcers were swearing. They well not well they were swearing throughout the whole pay per view right uh, they had no standards and practices oh, and 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 WWE is not calling them anytime soon to to call the next SmackDown but they were they insulted action figure collectors uh, wrestling figure collectors anything they could to insult Matt Cardona and and anyone who associates anywhere near Matt Cardona. Um, I don't consider myself a, a, a wrestling figure collector or an action figure collector as much as maybe our, our, our partner Lee may. However, even I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you're, 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 you're ticking off a billion dollar audience right about now. But I understand why. You're trying to get that nuclear heat. They right. even took a Deltoff uh, from Ikea case, a glass case, and put all the action figures in it. And then smashed it. So, you know, everything was to create heat. They, they did a great job of that. I will give them a billion percent on that. And, and 18 million stars, more than Dave ever could, on the amount of heat they created surrounding that match. But at the end of the day, you know, now you got Chelsea Green with a busted arm and you got Matt Cardona with maybe 85 million stitches running throughout his body. Absolutely. And you know, what was crazy too, speaking of the announcers, I don't, when you, when the match ended, you even notice the ring announcer himself, like just did not give a shit about announcing Cardona as the winner. Well, if you notice in the beginning, he didn't give a shit about announcing him to begin with. He was like, and this is from Long Island, it's Matt Cardona. Yeah. 
then and then he starts you know almost like he's uh uh, buffer, Mike, uh, not Michael Buffer, but uh, the other buffer from from uh, uh, UFC. Right and now, okay. And it's crazy too because you never see them. You never see any company commit so hard that even the ring announcer is in on it too. But it, that was the th- but that was the gimmick. Right. That was what GCW wanted to portray, and 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 hats off to them. They did it. Was that say, was awesome. Creatively, as far as putting the heat on Cardona, great. But as you said, and in my opinion too, the pay-per-view itself, hot garbage. Uh, well, not only that, but I, but again, it's I don't not think wrestling. It's an entirely different audience. You're right. Absolutely. And ECW was an entirely different audience as well. Right. Uh, but they still had some semblance of wrestling to them. Um, what I, I saw. They had guys like Lance Storm and Chris Jericho yeah. and Eddie Guerrero. Having yeah. five star matches too, so it's a little different there. Yeah, it's it's a lot different, but but again, ECW had its own niche the same way WWE WCW had their niche, and um, but this but but what I saw last night, uh, yeah, I know I was watching it with you too. It was, uh, it was yeah, amazing. I was doing that. I was doing exactly that. I was yawning and wondering what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, because that was just a travesty. Yeah, so I don't, and we've I don't, and we've given it we've given it fifteen point two eight minutes more than it needs. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't expect much out of Gage, unfortunately, in AEW, especially with this five layers Jericho storyline. Jericho's got to get through everybody to get to MJF. Gage ain't winning. Uh, moving on though, we're gonna wait a minute train- before we move on. One other thing I want to I want to mention to the listeners, and I hope they watch this Wednesday uh, when it comes to that match between Jericho and Gage. Uh, Jericho, uh, Gage is maybe five nine, five ten. Jericho is six foot three. There is going to be a significant difference in height. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can send a picture to at perched on the top rope of me and Chris Jericho. I am five foot ten. I can send you a picture of me and Chris Jericho. He is literally a head taller than me. So I was going to say I'm about five ten too, and I've met Chris Jericho. He's he's yeah, significantly Gage, taller than us. Chris Jericho is not going to let Nick Gage get the best of him. No, absolutely not. But here we are. We're going to kind of gap the bridge between AEW and our next topic because we do have a lot of WWE news that we need to go into for this week as well. Actually good news. Actually good news for WWE. Um, Most of it. But there's one man that I think is currently stuck in between both companies. And from what I've heard, there is interest in this man from both companies this is a release superstar who supposedly there are being sent feelers out for him to come back to wwe but i've also heard that aew is interested as well braun Strowman's been making headlines the past week yeah yeah he has and uh you know i don't know if wwe is trying to sweeten the pot by releasing some t-shirts on uh shop zone or wweshop.com but uh yeah um, and, and again, money talks at the end of the day, money talks, bullshit walks. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's going to go, he's going to go wherever his bread is going to be buttered best. Absolutely. Okay. And, and uh, so are all these other guys, you, you know, Vince could say, well, I'll offer you more money, but you got to walk, work more dates. When you do the math guys, you're going to go where your bread is buttered. 
I don't want to work any more than I have to. Neither do you, Alex. Neither does anybody else who's listening to this podcast. And if I told you I'd pay you the same amount of money that you're getting right now to work your job, but only do it two days a week versus five, you would come with me and not go and not stay where you are. Absolutely. Um, you know, and if the company that you're with now would double your pay, but make you still do the same thing, you're going to look at it and go, but wait a minute over there, I'm only going to do two, uh, two days a week. So everyone's going to go the money in the miles is what means the most. And whoever's going to pay me the most money is where they're going to go. That's right. why I'm here with perched on the top rope, to be honest with you, by the way, you're three months behind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Hockman. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting with this whole Strowman situation because it's almost like him getting released as much as it sucked in the moment might just be the best thing that ever happened to him. Because now with all these guys going to AEW, if Vince gets feelers that Strowman might be heading there, he might offer him more money than he was even making before just to get him back to stop him from going to AEW. So I think he's one of the few instances in the releases where him getting released might have actually been the best thing for him financially well not only that but cm punk and daniel bryan getting signed is by far the best thing to happen to him because now it's sort of like in 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 sports if i can make a sports analogy <laughs> uh i've i've been around the block a few times oh. all these quarterbacks if you will they'll if if three you got three top quarterbacks that are being free agents or three top running backs or three wide receivers or whatever the case may be are, are all going to be free agents at the same time. Everyone wants to wait until the other two get signed because the first one gets signed, he gets X. The second one gets signed, he gets Y. The third one is sitting there going, well, guess what? Now these two companies or these two teams or three teams or four teams in sports, there's multiple teams, but in pro wrestling, we got two. They're offering, they got, those two guys got X and Y. What are you going to give me? Okay, he's offering this. What are you going to give me? And it, it's it's the best for the third guy. So Braun Braun is sitting pretty. Um, even more than that, call me crazy, and I'm just going to float this out there. Brock Lesnar is a damn free agent. And he is. So if he was getting Z. Before from WWE, he now could get AA or BB from WWE or AEW. We're now going into double letters, if you will. Um, so mark my words right now, if that does happen and Brock Lesnar does, God forbid, show up in AEW, I made that Photoshop picture that I posted on our page earlier. And if it happens, I called it. I'm putting it down in ink right now. I called it if it happens. Here's, here's the only question I would have. And this is not a knock on the AEW roster because I really do love the AEW roster. Hi, Britt Baker. How you doing? Mm -hmm. um, if Brock Lesnar would have signed, let's, let's just go down a rabbit hole for just a minute, if you will, with me, because my booking brain goes down bad holes. Who, who could possibly challenge this guy? Who could legitimately have a match with this guy to make you suspend disbelief for, for, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes for a match? In AEW? Yeah. Um, is, is, if we're talking sides, there's really only three guys that I have in mind. And Miro, because he's actually being built up to be a huge beast right now. Fair. Uh, 
Lance Archer. He just won Very, the, the U.S. title. Was, yep. And Brian Cage. Okay. All right. So we got three guys. It's okay. more than WWE has, though, honestly. And if you if we really want to get down to it, and it's not a knock on them, it's just the fact that Brock Lesnar has, in fact, already faced most of the current roster as far as big talent. But you said, wait a minute. You said it's more than what WWE has. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Money in the Bank, uh, Big E. And that was, that, that's a wild card. Big that's E's right. a wild card. I just went three guys off the top of my head. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, and, and Bobby Lashley, who everybody's looking for. Bobby and, and, and Braun, uh, Bobby and, and Brock to go, to go at it. Um, you know, there's, there's my three to combat your right. three. Again. I guess the only reason I didn't think of them, though, was just because, like, at least with Drew and Roman, we have had that match yeah. in the past. But you've also never seen a babyface Brock Lesnar versus a heel Roman Reigns, which would probably be the situation this time. And what would happen if now you had Paul Heyman torn in the middle? Who does Paul Heyman side with? I mean, he's he's loved the, the tribal chief for so long, but Brock has brought him to the dance. And, I mean, it, it's it's it's... You know, it's a win-win for Brock either way. Yeah. Well, it's a win-win for Brock. It's a win-win for Braun. You know who it's not a win-win for? All the other talent that when they got released went, ooh, there's other opportunities. <clears throat> Guess who just took all your money? Fair enough. Lana's going to be about the only person <laughs> that is going to get the money because her husband is He's in already the working there. Yes, you are in fact right. But speaking of WWE, uh, moving on from Braun Strowman, we do in fact have a lot of WWE news in the past week. The biggest, most important piece of news that we can give you from WWE was the return of John Cena and Money in the Bank. Huge. Huge. That was by far, I think, the biggest pop I've heard since probably since Becky Lynch won the WrestleMania 35 main event. I will tell you this much. I was watching Money in the Bank uh, start to finish. I thought, first of all, Money in the Bank was phenomenal. Incredible. Phenomenal. To all the guys and gals who put that together, and I'm talking even guys in the back, phenomenal Mm -hmm. work. Phenomenal. When that match ended, and that match was great, it was amazing. Um, I still don't know, by the way, how I lost the $25,000 on DraftKings. But <laughs> uh, when he grabbed the mic and he said, now you acknowledge me, I knew something was going to happen. But when Cena came, even I jumped off my couch. Lee and I did too. And I just, I, I had goosebumps. I loved it. I went out the next night. I was with friends of mine, and 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 he, him, and his wife are big wrestling fans as well. They hadn't seen the pay per view yet because they both had to work late. Right. And all I said to him, what he wanted me to tell him, tell me what happened, tell me what happened. I said, I could tell you everything up until the main event. You have to watch the main event. You just have to watch it, start to finish. Just just do that. And his wife said, Well, I'm not into it as much as him. Show me what what the hell happened. So I showed her on my cell phone, the ending. And all she said was, oh my God, we have to watch the pay-per-view. And 
Then he wanted to stop having dinner. He wanted to go home and watch the pay-per-view. <laughs> Every, that was just phenomenal. Uh, hats off to John Cena. He's going to have the summer of Cena. He's going to have a great time. How this goes down at SummerSlam, even, even I don't How know. Well, well, while the, while the Vince in me is saying John's going to have to lose because Summer uh, Survivor Series, we all know the real travel chief is coming back. The movies are over. He's already, he's already invading my California land. So, so um, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm. Hi, Stephanie. How you doing? And not Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie Finer. Shout out to Stephanie Finer, Rock's old agent. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I really hope they do something. I, you know, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to tell you guys a story. When I first started working with John Cena, and I worked with John Cena in, in uh, Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. And John and I were, were doing a bunch of stuff together, signings and stuff like that. And I said to John, um, we started talking and I said, John, you, you are far better than, than Rocky and, and Hogan and all these guys. And, and you really got a great personality and everything. I really hope you never leave this business. And he said, Rob, trust me, I guarantee you as sure as I'm standing here, I will never leave pro wrestling. And he started to go away and him and I crossed paths not too long ago. And I said, Hey, Hey, Hey. And he said, ha ha, watch this. You know, there's only so many uh, Experian commercials you can do, and uh, I'm glad he's back. Um, you know, there are some people who don't like him, but anyone who's a who's a fan of wrestling has to admire John Cena the same way you would admire The Rock and Stone Cold and DX and even Hulk Hogan before all of them because they put asses in seats. And dare and I say it, I think one day Roman Reigns is going to be in that same conversation. I think he's there right now. You know, I it's think just... he's there right now. He is so hated right now mm-hmm. that you buy a ticket to watch him get his head handed to him or you buy a ticket to watch him win. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're buying a ticket. And when the day comes that the tribal chief finally sees the way and he, and he, and he sees the light, and he turns on that dastardly bad guy that has come into this business. That crowd is going to fall in love with him. He is going to be a superhero the same way The Rock was The Rock. And he was in the Nation of Domination. And he was this cocky ass. And he was this. Mm-hmm. He was that. But when he finally did that switch, he was beloved by the world. And this is all the fans have ever wanted. All we wanted was a solid hero character for him to build a foundation for his character on. And then we didn't care if years later he goes back to the good side and he becomes a baby face again, but he needed that time as a heel. His time as a heel in the shield did not count because he was, he was still no offense. Like as far as his character or his mic work and whatnot, he was very green at the time. He just broken into the business, but later on he needed, he had the wrestling down. He needed that heel character foundation to build on for the futures, you know, for, for the rest of his career, basically. Um, I think this character he's got going now is 
and Lee and I have said this before, I think it's the best thing in pro wrestling right now. And, uh, and the COVID is, thing couldn't have come better. Absolutely. COVID couldn't have come at a better time because you, you spent a whole year, a year plus of WWE feeding you him doing his promos. And when you're not chanting different things and trying to hijack a show, you were able to see the character that this man has an opportunity to, to, to be. And, right. and if there was one good thing, and I've said it time and time again, if there was one good thing that came out of COVID, and COVID is awful, so don't get it twisted. But if there's one good thing that came of it, Roman Reigns was able to finally flourish as the character that we've been wanting and craving for so long. Because like you said, when he finally does hit that switch, it's going to be off to the races. He might be bigger than his cousin. Absolutely. It's, it's nice to see him very happy for him. And I'm happy that the fans are finally starting to take to him, even if that means they're booing him out of the arena, but you can tell it's a different kind of booing nowadays. It's not a heat sort of like, we don't want to ever see you at all. It's just, we want to see you get your ass kicked now. Um, and that's it. And it's, it's nice to see, but moving on the second biggest return this week, we saw Goldberg return on Monday Night Raw to challenge Bobby Lashley seemingly for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. Honestly, I was super against this when I found out it was going to be Goldberg and not Lesnar. But the insane pop that Goldberg received on Monday Night Raw alone and Bobby trying to get in a fight with him right then and there, it sold me on the match already. Well, here's the thing. I think that goes along with the live crowd. People have been... been yearning for pro wrestling live and being able to go to a live event for so long that they were going to cheer for any surprise comeback that that was that was going to happen the only thing i have a problem with and and i have no problem with goldberg coming back i i i love the nostalgia i love when all these guys come back i really do part-time full-time i don't give a crap entertain me monday nights and and sunday nights when the pay-per-views are on how does Goldberg, if we're going to put our, our, our wrestling is real, legit, you know, let's, let's believe this whole thing for a moment. How does Goldberg come out of, out of obscurity for six months and just go, hey, don't, I'd like to be next. I, I, I want to fight for the title. To add to that, he came back in 2016, right? And did the same thing. Well, he came back originally. His original comeback was in 2016. Since then, the man's only won two matches. He but he keeps match- challenging for world title. Right. He won one match against Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, and he won a SummerSlam match against Dolph Ziggler. He's lost every single other match that he's been in since his return. Then, but he also beat Kevin Owens. Oh, wait. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens for the world title. I, I lied. So four. But, you know, he's had at least probably, oh, probably somewhere around 10 matches since he's been back. But, like, over half of them. He's lost. But my thing is this. Can I go to Las Vegas tomorrow, bang on the door of the UFC, and say, hey, my name is the R-O-double-B, and I'm here to challenge for the UFC championship tomorrow? They would look at me and go, well, who the fuck are you? They'd probably knock you the fuck out. Well, not only that, the door probably would hit me in the head and knock me out. That's happened quite a few times. However, it's the same kind of thing. Um. You know, uh, could Hulk Hogan knock on the door and show up and just say, hey, brother, I'm here to challenge for the title. Where the Probably. hell have you been? 
Probably. But where the, but realistically, if we're putting our wrestling hats on, where the hell have you been? Right. You know, well, I mean, obviously it's it's well known by even the casual fans now that they do this basically to have Goldberg put people over. But here's the thing. Bobby Lashley doesn't need to be put over. So what you're giving me is Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, but but you know, when you go to do this uh uh DraftKings bet the bet the matches they're not going to put up bobby lashley and goldberg because you damn well know bobby lashley is going to win the match right end of story and goldberg's going to go away for six months because he signed for two matches a year and he'll show back up uh towards the end of the year mm-hmm. Probably around so- either that or when saudi arabia comes back around because everyone loves those paydays yeah we don't talk about that anymore maybe maybe he can drop maybe he can drop a new wrestler on their head Right. Well, we'll have to see how that one works out. But in the meantime, we had two more WWE returns slash debuts in the past week. These ones haven't been looked upon so highly. Uh, It seems that you're going to go a place I really don't want to go, but go ahead. We're going to have to. Um, A lot of disrespect almost seemingly thrown at NXT lately, but none more so in some people's eyes than what happened to the returning Keith Lee and the debut and carrying across on Monday Night Raw? Well, Keith Lee was on the short list of, of becoming one of the people that we were playing the game of where will they end up next. So good for him. He's still there. What they did with carrying cross, if what I'm hearing is true and Vince being the genius that he is even at however old he is if the thought process is right i'm all in favor of it and i'm going to explain carrying cross did not show up on monday night with a certain girlfriend of mine by the name of scarlet <laughs> so what if carrying cross summons the amazing beautiful talented voluptuous Scarlet, and then goes on his mega run. Mm, it's possible. And it's Scarlet the whole time that runs the roost and rules the hen house and controls everything because she, in NXT, she's she's portrayed as this, uh, like almost like a witchcraft kind of thing. Um, he didn't show up with, with Scarlet. So my hope my the only thing I can go off of because how do you have your NXT champion lose to Jeff Hardy? Now Jeff Hardy put his legs on the ropes. He 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 got a, a cheap win, whatever. But you had Karrion Cross, who's who's blowing by superstars in NXT, mm-hmm. lose to Jeff Hardy in in three or four minutes. Well, I think it was even less. I think it was less than two minutes. It, okay, but whatever. It's, it's still insane. Um, I, I, I hope, and, and like I said, having been there and having, uh, you know, a little more than hops and barley cooking up here, shout out to Road Dog. Um, I want to say that, that Scarlet is going to play a factor in, in the, when, key, when uh, uh, Karrion Cross goes up to the big, the big roster. Right. She's going to play a huge factor. So my thoughts on both of these superstars, as far as Keith Lee goes first, I think people are looking into that one a little too much. 
Um, obviously, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. Right. And Bobby Lashley is the WWE champion right now. And he's not going to lose the title anytime soon. However, if I'm Keith Lee, I can't be pissed off that I just made my return in the main event of the show. The, what this was the the first monday night raw with fans back it was yeah first monday night for raw with fans back since after the pandemic and they picked me to be in the main event even though i'm losing i'm not going to be pissed off because i'm probably getting paid better than most anybody on the on the show that night so i think people are looking a little too far into that i think keith lee will be just fine now that he's back uh, regarding Karrion Cross and Jeff Hardy, here's how I think this whole entire thing should play out. It's seeming, it seems like to me that they're building to a Jeff Hardy Karrion Cross match at SummerSlam because Karrion said that things weren't over and Jeff had made the biggest mistake of his life. I think what you do here is you have them have like an actual solid wrestling match, you know, give them like 10, 15 minutes if you need to. And you can you can put Jeff Hardy over again. Now, just hear me out. You had said, going off of your theory, Scarlett hasn't shown up yet. You have Jeff Hardy go over again because, honestly, there's a Jeff Hardy push coming. They changed it back to his old theme song. He got one of the biggest pops on Monday Night Raw this past Monday. They're doing something with Jeff, which we've all been asking for them to do the day before everybody got pissed off at Jeff Hardy. He was trending on Twitter because they wanted better treatment for him. So I don't want to hear anybody pissed off that Jeff Hardy's winning matches. You give them a five-star match or something close to it. Jeff figures out a way to barely roll carry and cross up. And then as he's celebrating, Scarlett can make her return. She can do this big, bad thing or whatever. Jeff still gets the win. Carrion destroys Jeff that night, but then their feud ends. Karrion Cross moves on to somebody else. Jeff Hardy moves on to somebody else. And in that moment, as long as Karrion Cross is leaving basically dead bodies behind him, you've taken both of these guys and you've pushed them up. Well, again, no, that's, I, just, that's fantasy booking, though. Honestly. No, and 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 everyone's got everyone's got their ideas. I I I don't think you can let Karrion lose a second time if you're going to give this guy a push. Right. I think that. The veteran has to put over the, 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 new, the new guy. But I think that in order to save Jeff's face, in order to save his heat, Scarlett's got to play a factor in the, in the, in the, in the mix. And that's right. where she's going to come in to, to play with everything. Um, and that's, that, 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 that would just be me. Um, it would well, that, be more that still in- gives us the same effect in the end, too. It, it would. It, it would be more interesting if between now and SummerSlam, if Jeff Hardy beats somebody for either an Intercontinental title or, you know, a United States title or something like that. I don't even know where the United States title is these days. Pretty sure but, Sheamus uh, still has it. Who? Sheamus. They're actually, it seems Sheamus. like. Sheamus, okay, uh, okay. Sheamus, Damian, I, I don't know why these headsets. I don't know why I heard Shinsuke. Um, he's got the crown. But, um, but uh, you know, it would be more interesting if if uh, something something of value was was put in the mix is what I'm trying to say, uh, but I do think at the end of the day Jeff has to Jeff has to put over Carrion, but Jeff has to get over. Absolutely, he's not going to go over, but he's going to get over. I agree, I agree, and you know as long as some of these things are done right, and I, I have faith that for once that it will happen because Vince knows that he's a treading on ice now that he's back in front of the fans and AEW is doing all these huge things. So he's not just going to 
at least for now, he's not just going to sit by and let absolutely nothing happen. But moving on from Monday Night Raw, I have a few points to hit on SmackDown. We'll talk a couple things on Impact, and then I think we can actually call it a day. Friday Night SmackDown, first off, Big E's your new Money in the Bank holder. Yeah. I think we're finally getting what everybody wanted. Um, And while we're at it, Nikki Cross, Nikki A.S.H. won the women's Money in the Bank ladder match and then cashed in. Uh, We'll we'll go to Big E in a minute because I actually want to touch on both of the Money in the Bank contract, uh, winnings and cash-ins or cash in so far, everyone was moaning about the Nikki cross win and how she won on Sunday. But me and Lee and our friend Steve were watching the pay-per-view. And honestly, I thought it was one of the coolest ways somebody won in a long time, because it's something you've never seen. We've seen every possible way for the most part that somebody can win a money in the bank ladder match. She did the smart thing. I said to Lee, I said, she, people get pissed off sometimes when wrestling is too fake and it's too unbelievable. But then in this situation where Nikki A.S.H. did something that someone would have done in real life. If I was in that match and everybody else was fighting on the ladder and I was like, well, no one's paying attention to me. Up the ladder I go, unhook the briefcase and win. She did the smart thing, the thing that a, a regular person would do in real life. And it's never been done before. Yeah. No, I, I mean, with it. there's no problem with that. And, and, you know, it goes back to what I've always said to a lot of people. If you forget to kick out at two. The ref's supposed to count at three. So nobody was paying attention. She ran up the ladder. She got the briefcase. <laughs> I'm I'm slowly falling in love with the Nikki Ash character. I've crapped on it for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. It's one of those things that's she is made purpose. She purposely made it so bad that it was good. Well, and that's the thing. For the longest time, I called her this the the new superhero in training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but she's 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 growing on me. Here's the problem, though. We all know that Becky's coming back. Mm-hmm. Becky is not going to come back to SmackDown because you don't want to take the shine off of Bianca Belair, right? So if Becky's not to mention that Sasha's expected to come back soon too, that too, and you got to have that rematch and all of that. You got to drag that out. Becky's got to come back and she's going to come back to Monday night raw. Um, However, the only, I mean, well, we're going to take this two ways. I think personally, Becky goes back to Monday night raw. And the reason being is because that's where the only logical sense makes to, 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 uh, have her run as champion. Right. But that being said, that makes the Nikki Ash title run one SummerSlam, a couple weeks. Um, so there's that. The only thing that makes me go, well, let's hold on just a second. Now that we're back on the road, SmackDown's going to go one way, Raw's going to go the other, and Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. You don't really want to tear the new mother and, and the new father apart. Mm-hmm. So maybe we put them together, and maybe Becky has to build herself up but there's not many women on SmackDown that Becky can work with to build up to a match with Bianca. So again, it comes back to, does Becky just come back and go, Hey, I'm here. You know, we also have to play into effect too that in a couple months in October, we have the yearly WWE draft too. So for all we know, Seth and Becky could be on raw Seth and Becky could be on SmackDown. They could flip flop. 
it's all it's all going to be up in the air in the next. So maybe months. we drag this out. Maybe we let Becky win at at, at Survivor Series. Uh, I'm sorry, SummerSlam, and then Seth gets drafted to Raw. Right. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of Money in the Bank, we were talking about Big E winning as well. This is the moment I think everybody was waiting for in his career. I know a lot of people were upset that Big E wasn't the challenger to Roman this past WrestleMania because he was highly uh, the, the, one of the odds-on favorites to win the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match. And there was a lot of people mad that he didn't win and he didn't face Roman, but there was a plan for it. You're not going to push this big new star without the fans there. Unfortunately for someone like Drew McIntyre, he had no choice where he was already in that position when the pandemic hit last year. He had already won the Royal Rumble. He was already going to WrestleMania. And unfortunately I feel for the guy because there's no one I think more that wanted to have a crowning moment with the fans back than Drew McIntyre. And unfortunately he didn't get that, but for all we know, they've got future plans for him, but big E they weren't going to do it again with the fans gone. When they knew the fans weren't going to be there, they weren't going to do it. Big E is going to be built. I don't see him cashing in this money in the bank briefcase until maybe even next WrestleMania. Who knows? I originally thought Roman was going to be the guy and they continually have him push in interviews that he's going to pick Roman. But the way I see it, Kofi Kingston was just destroyed by Bobby Lashley and there's no one in sight to beat Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. There have been many rumblings that Big E's getting drafted to Monday Night Raw this fall and the New Day is going to be reunited. If anybody's going to take down Bobby Lashley for the title, it's going to be Big E. Well, yes. Um, I wonder, as much as I love Big E, is he really somebody that I think can carry the company? I believe so, yes. Okay. All right. I, I mean, nice and skills, he's got the speed, he's got the agility, the power. It's everything Vince looks for. I like him. I like him. I like the new day. I like, I think they put smiles on adults and children's faces, which sells all around. Because at the end of the day, Vince looks at market marketability. Are you selling me t-shirts? Are you selling me tickets? Okay. Merchandise is, is a number one in Vince's book. Tickets is number two. And I think the new day covers that very, very well. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I also, at the, there's, there's a part of me that also looks at a guy like Bobby Lashley and goes, that's Vince's Adonis. That's like his, that's his Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? He loves these guys that just look chiseled and are just that way. And look at our two champions, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley. And they are just chiseled, finely tuned running machines. Um, no offense to Big E, but he's 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 the he's the King Kong Bundy version of a, a chiseled machine. Um, I mean, he's chiseled. He just, I think, because of the height and the fact that he wears a whole entire singlet, a lot of people don't see that. Again, I I I like I like them. I like the New Day. I like Biggie. I love Kofi. I love uh, 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 Consequences Creed, or or you know, um, <laughs> that's a name I've always heard in a long time. He's always going to be that to me. Um, but I I love all of them. I just 
I can, you know, it's one of those things like if, when you were in high school and you were on the debate team, I could, I could make an argument one way and I can make it another. And however, however we want to do this dance, Alex, we could do this all night long. Right. Um, you know, you could go one way, I could go the other. And, and we could do this all night long. And I've been in the room where we've done it all night long, you know, where, where I, you know, well, we could go this way with this guy. We could also go this way with this guy. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And, you know, before you know it, it's four in the morning and you're like, Jesus Christ, and we still haven't come up with the first match. So we can do this all night long. And, and, and I love all of these guys. I could make you an argument why Ron the Truth Killing should be the world champion. Um, you want to talk about a chiseled Adonis and somebody who's got more moves in the ring than, than anybody combined. That man is, a, is an icon, a superstar, and a hero. Um, and, and he gets along with kids. He gets along with, with adults. He resonates with children, adults, all ages. Um, you and know, honestly, if you let him completely go, he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Take a look at, take a look at TNA. And I know you and I are big, big uh -huh. TNA impact, uh, TNA, uh, NWA TNA. The early days. TNA days. Yes. When he was, when he was the NWA world champion and he was the very first black NWA world champion he took that shit for real and his promos were legit shoots i mean it, 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 he was great at what he did mm -hmm. you make that you can that man can do funny he can do serious he can do up down in out and how he does those splits in those jeans i still to this day don't understand and he's done them in front of me in my house so yeah. i still don't understand how the heck he does it um but that's one wrestling know, thing i don't think i'm going to try and impersonate anytime soon but he's, but again, that goes back to what I was just saying. You can make an argument for, for a lot of these guys that don't even get, you know, that don't even get that chance. Right. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of where I feel with Big E. I, I feel Big E is like a, like an R-Truth. Mm -hmm. um, does he deserve the chance? Absolutely. Will he get the chance? I'm not so sure. Right. Well, I guess only time will tell on that. The last thing I'm going to touch on as far as WWE news this week, Friday Night Smackdown. John Cena comes out to open the show. He calls out Roman Reigns for the match at SummerSlam. We get the rest of the show. Roman comes out at the end. He denies the challenge. And then out of nowhere, you have Finn Balor come out and you have him challenge Roman Reigns. What the hell was that? Yeah. Um, like, don't get me wrong. The work that Finn Balor's done during the pandemic era in NXT is probably the best work of his career. It's probably close to the work that he was doing in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's not going to win. Why are we already feeding Finn Balor right back to Roman Reigns? And, and we're going to be back in the same issue, the same spot that we were in with Finn Balor two years ago when you fed him to the Fiend, and he's not going to be taken seriously once again. Well, I think, you know, we're going to John Cena and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Right. So somewhere Finn's going to come along the way and that's fine. I thought when you said we opened the show with John Cena, I thought you were going to mention the biggest pop of the night, which was Paul Heyman. And that promo that Paul Heyman cut was far the greatest thing I've seen. You know, John Cena's whole entire thing. Well, if we're going to talk about that, let's also throw in when Roman Reigns compared John Cena's entrance uh, to missionary sex. Missionary sex. Yes. Uh, don't get me wrong. 
Roman has said some cringy things that I didn't agree with on the mic in the past, but that small line that he delivered later on in the show just cements to me that he has grown immensely on the mic. And <laughs> the mega star, and he's thing, hilarious. Can I tell you one thing on a side note, spoiler alert, if you will, that, that I guarantee you, I'll bet you dollars to donuts, that came from Paul Heyman. The missionary sex comment. Yeah, oh, I, yeah guarantee I guarantee you, it. he spit that in the back and 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 said, "Roman, here's what you got to do," because that was yeah, that's that's got Paul Heyman sharpied all over it. Whether I mean, that's it was, not even wasn't. penciled; that's sharpied. But right. it was great. And I was going to say delivered. whether it was or wasn't him, it was gold. It was delivered perfectly. Um. You know, and again, you know, since we're talking SmackDown yet again, hats off to Pat McAfee. I still am in love with his commentary, with his it's everything. It's such a fresh breath of air. Oh, my God. He is phenomenal. There's phenomenal. a lot of people that are honestly comparing him to being what some might say the modern day Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Bobby Heenan, Jesse the Body. He is, uh, he's actually, you know, He's a better version of them because I, I still win booze. I still get 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 at it, get a kick at it. Rick Booze coming out with his electric guitar and and we still don't know why Pat McAfee thinks this is the greatest thing in the world. But I love. Here's the thing: my love for Pat McAfee doing what he does. Makes me appreciate when Rick Booz comes out. Makes me appreciate when Shinsuke Nakamura's out. Are you seeing how we piece together everything? If you fall in love with one thing, you will start to fall in love with everything. If you fell in love back in the day with Sonny, you loved when when, uh, the Body Donnas came out or Farouk in that bad outfit or the Legion of Doom when they came out. If you fell in love with Miss Elizabeth, you loved when Macho Man came out, whether you loved him or hated him. Yep. You know, when when if you love Pat McAfee and he and he just, you know, makes you pop and laugh and, and enjoy SmackDown, when Rick Booz and Shinsuke Nakamura come out, whether you love them or not, whether their segment means a lick of anything or not, Pat McAfee brings it home. I love it. It's so good. And how about before we close this thing out, how about a, a thumbs up to the fact that hats off to the live audiences mm-hmm. this past week and the ratings have reflected that. SmackDown hit a two. Raw is back up above, what What are we at, one seven? Yep. So, I think it was, hey, Actually, wait, no, I think Raw this past week actually – was a one nine because of the Cena appearance. One nine. Well, there you go. So, uh, you know, and I think the live audience is going to get better. We, I, I've said it time and time again, and I just wanted to touch on that. The numbers are up. They're going to get better. Get us to September. Um, you know, with these signings that we got with AEW, you're going to see the numbers increase, and don't be surprised. Back in, in the in the early two thousands and the early ni- and the late nineties, when Vince's back was pushed up against the wall in the great eighty three weeks, shout out to Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. Um, when Vince's back was pushed up against the wall, he did things and he went. You know, we 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 discovered DX, we discovered Steve Austin. Don't be surprised with these recent signings that AEW has had that doesn't push Vince's back up against the wall. And whether they're going to get sold or not down the road, 
he doesn't make a couple of decisions that's going to put some asses in the seats. And it started with Roman Reigns. It's going to come back with The Rock. And we're going to have a couple other surprises. Yeah, Mark my words. I know the boss. Trust me. Absolutely. When his back is up against the wall, he loves a good fight, even at 80 years old. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more that we could talk about, but I also feel like we have, we've rambled, we've rambled on quite a bit tonight. There was a lot to talk about. Uh, there's a couple last things I want to talk about. And, you know, we were talking about how the ratings were up for Raw, for AEW, for SmackDown this week. But I also believe that compared to their not so great ratings last week, that the ratings for Impact were up this week as well. Yeah. And that is definitely in part to what we saw this last past weekend, the night before Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank wasn't the only pay-per-view last weekend. Slammiversary happened last weekend, too. We saw the return of Mickey James. We saw Chelsea Green show up to team with Matt Cardona. But those, those are big. Um, Mickey James, the, the segment was basically to set up Diona Perrazzo to enter the NWA Empowered Women's Tournament that they're doing, which is super cool. It's nice to see that the uh, once soured relationship between NWA and Impact slash TNA has been resolved because it, it would be nice to see them trade talent back and forth again. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. We had the main event, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan in a no disqualification match for the Impact World Title. Kenny Omega lost the match, uh, won the match, my bad. Uh, Sammy Callahan lost. And for a split second, I was like, wow, there's really nobody left to beat this man. Until the lights went out and Switchblade Jay White debuted for Impact. I think this is possibly the biggest debut they've had in years. He's awesome. Dude, he's he's awesome. I've, 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 I've loved this kid for, for a long time now. Sorry if I call you a kid, Jay, but that's just, that's just my mentality. Everybody's younger than me, so I can call you a kid. Um, <laughs> I, I've loved him for, for a long time. I've admired his work. Um, he's a phenomenal worker and really looking forward to what he's going to do and what he's going to bring to impact. I think he's going to bring a lot of viewers to impact. Um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Impact, and, and, and you know, I'm glad I haven't kicked off the, uh, the record on the DVR for Impact. Absolutely. Um, it, it's nice to see them doing good things, and I said to Lee, I think, I think one of the biggest things that's going to help them now that we're out of the pandemic era, they're starting to get more stars coming in. They've got companies working with them again, just like the old days. You're going to see them slowly start going to bigger venues again, and I, I think we have finally gotten out of the bug with Impact where they're going to start climbing back up not maybe not to the prominence that they were before but they're not going to be looked down upon nearly as much as they were maybe three or four years ago this company was on the brink of almost going out of existence but i think they've done a good enough job and they put the work in to have a respectable product now that's only going to get better well they need the live audience as well and and once i think they get to to get back out on the road and get back out there they're going to have their following too. And mm -hmm. they've, they've also, they're partnered with AEW. Um, you know, obviously they're, the they're the one company that's at the heart of this whole wrestling partnership. They, they had their, um, their preview for bound for glory in Las Vegas. And throughout the commercial, it showed the AEW logo, it showed the new Japan logo, it showed the AAA logo. Uh, I believe it might've showed the MLW logo, but I'm not sure on that one. MLW and AAA kind of go hand in hand. Um, and they also 
missing one, but oh, the NWA logo. So they're they're at the heart of this talent relationship type thing, and I think the the sky's the limit for them as well. Well, Scott Demore has been there for so long. Uh, Scott Demore with Impact Wrestling dates back all the way to 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 back when Jeff was running TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Scott Demore has been a part of those relationships with AAA, New Japan, uh, you know, NWA, obviously, for obvious reasons, NWA, TNA. So Scott definitely knows how to how to how to mature those relationships and how to nurture those relationships. Tommy Dreamer, who's also over there, I think definitely knows how to nurture those relationships and is phenomenal at what he does. And that's why we haven't seen House of Hardcore in so long, because um, he's over at Impact. I I I I definitely think Impact is is gonna gain steam. They need their live audience back, same way everybody needed the live audiences back. Absolutely, guys, let's give it. Just, you, you, you know, you got to give the train. The train doesn't start out of the gate, you know, going 100 miles an hour. It starts out with a chug, 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 and then slowly it picks up steam. Impact Wrestling is just starting to get their fans back, just starting to get their feet back up under them. Give them a month. Give them a couple months. Mm-hmm. Let them, let the, let the train start to run. Same thing with WWE. Obviously, it goes without saying with AEW. We got to get to September 22nd. I, and, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. Get past Labor Day. This is summertime. Kids are out of school. Families are on vacation. Nobody's watching TV right now. That's why, you know, even if you ask the experts of the experts, Eric Bischoff, who ran WCW, June to, to August was, was the lull. It was the dead portion of, of time period. Yeah, we had to fill live TV all the time. But... You knew once kids were back in school, everyone's watching TV because they got nothing else to do. They can't stay out all night. They got to go to school in the morning. You right. got to go to work in the morning. I got to go to work. In a- well, I'm off tomorrow. Hi, Disney. Um, but nonetheless, that you got to get the, give the give the train an opportunity to get rolling. Right. Well, it's going to be exciting to see where things go within the next couple months. But, you know. All we can do is just sit and wait. We can watch. We can be excited. It's good to be a wrestling fan again. Not to say that we weren't fans, but the shows are back. Life is kind of somewhat going back to normal. And even if life itself isn't going back to normal, pro wrestling is. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to talk about. And it's nice to see that those things are finally going back to normal. I can't wait. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. I haven't been this excited in. I would say years for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with a lot of years. Um, 29. What are we at? WrestleMania 38 now. So I'm going to say 20, 20, 29 when we were in New York with Rock and Cena. Yeah. That sounds I, about I, I, yeah. We're, we're, we're going on a long time, boys. Uh, maybe WrestleMania 30 maybe maybe wrestlemania 30. there was also a lot of headaches that led to getting what the fans wanted with that one too so well i forget about that wrestlemania 30 had the last time i got to see my best friend my partner in crime the road dog jesse james live opening match and he fought the shield by the way so um you know and my parents were there they they love brian they got to enjoy it. It was the last time my mom got to enjoy uh, my mom who, who introduced me to wrestling was the last time she got to enjoy a live professional wrestling match before she passed away. So uh, we're going to go on about eight years. 
since since I've really had that energy. And and oh, wow. and and thank you, John, for bringing that back, John Cena. Thank you, uh, AEW, for bringing that back. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Thank you to everybody in the AEW roster. Britt Baker, I still love you. Um, you know, everybody that's that's done everything. And thank you to the fans for coming back and, and really bringing the energy um, and bringing the fire and the funk. This has been uh, uh, one hell of a week, and we've only got, like you said, Alex, uh, uh, just the world is ahead of us. I can't wait. I'm pumped up. We've barely just touched the surface on what there is to talk about, but I think it's time for us to close the show out. Uh, as Rob said, there's nobody we can thank more than the fans in this situation. And that even comes from us too, because without fans, there would be no wrestling without there, no wrestling. There would be no perched on the top rope. There would be without wrestling. There'd be no Rob Hockman. There'd be no Lee Walker. There'd be no Alex Todd. Um, we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. You guys wouldn't be listening to our podcast. So we ourselves owe you guys a big thank you too. But that being, Alex, that being said, that since being he's said, not here, he's he's pulling suplexes out someplace. Alex, where in the world can they find us on Perched on the Top Rope? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for us on social media, you can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can find us at Perch Top Rope on Instagram and Twitter. If you want, you can look for our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, and you can go to the Red Circle website. You can search uh, Perch on the Top Rope, Red Circle on Google, and we'll be the first thing on top. But with that being said, it is time for one last thing, Rob. You know how it goes. Spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out of here. See you next week. Hmm.